0: Hello, 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 and
1: welcome to the Riding the Bench podcast where your hosts, Sean Rainey, me, and Jordan Bible, me, (laughs) debate dilemmas from the ice to the hardwood and even to the end zone. Whether you like the thin air of Mile High or the salty taste of Little Habana, we unapologetically supply the greatest sports takes on this great green earth. Let's get cracking.
0: Wow. Yeah, Uh, that that was did
1: you? I just yeah I just put that together. That that was not written by AI. Yeah, we should have done that. True, Um, and that's right. Let's see new intro, new intro music. We've got a visual platform this time, and we changed the name of the pod. Holy schnitzel, what is going on?
0: We got bored. We got
1: (laughs) bored. What can we say? Uh, We lasted one week of summer, and we're like, let's 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 change it. Let's put a little bit more effort into it um, I keep looking directly we've got a little no, camera going yeah, directly do you look right at it sure 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 all right well um, yes so uh, same two friends new name to the pod we like this one better uh, made well Jordan made the intro and you'll hear later the closing music yeah. um, it's a little bit more particular to us uh, and then kind of what we talked about last week we're expanding the pod. So we're going to keep on all NBA across the nation, across the world, Um, but we're also going to talk about NFL as well as the NHL. Um, Today, predominantly NBA and NHL, Um, Mm -hmm. but as the summer goes along and we start preparing for football season, absolutely the NFL. Um, I'm a Bills fan. He's a Titans fan. Probably mostly talk about the Titans um, because we're here in Tennessee. Um, And
0: there's a lot to talk about the
1: Titans. There's a lot to talk about. And then we've got the uh, uh, we've got the uh, NHL playoffs going on. It's a big, yes. big off for the NHL. I mean, the NBA has a has a groundbreaking new recruit coming in Weminyama, but uh, the NHL, in its own stance, has the next the next uh, yeah. big thing coming. Connor
0: Bedard. Mm. He he's he's like the Wimbiana for uh,
1: the yeah. NHL. He- so. heading to Windy City.
0: All right. A shame. It's a shame. Uh, a shame.
1: Yeah, a quick breakdown of what we're going to do today. So we're going to start with an update on the NBA. Um, so I'm going to go over the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, JB over there is going to go over the Western Conference Finals. We're going to go over the draft lottery, which was last Tuesday. Uh, then we're going to briefly talk about the new happenings with Mr. John Morant. Yes. Um, and then I have a quick Sean's List i um, not going to say anything more about that. It would be nice and quick. Um, and then we're going to talk about the NHL postseason. I'm excited about that. Jordan's definitely going to take the reins on that because I, <laughs> I do not know a ton about the NHL. I'm going to have to start paying attention because I want to be able to contribute to the yeah. talk. Um, and I want to. I, I like. We've been to a couple, uh, couple games this year for the Predators here in Nashville, yeah. and I really enjoyed it. Uh, the Preds went zero for two when I was watching, but I saw a couple fights and a catfish thrown on the ice. And
0: uh, the ref got his hand. right And over. the ref
1: like broke his hand or something. <laughs> um, it was great. All right, with uh, like I said, with that in mind, uh, let's get cracking. Um, all right, just a quick update: the Eastern Conference Finals were exactly how I predicted. So in the East, you have the second-seeded Boston Celtics facing the eighth-seeded. Miami Heat. And as of right now, we've seen both of the first two games in Boston. And guess what? Jimmy Butler has that dog in him, but so does Eric Spolstra and the rest of the Miami Heat because they're up yeah. 2-0, baby. Like, oh, I'm, I'm way too hyped. I'm There's way too much noise going in the mic right now. It's okay. For our two <laughs> listeners, me and me, I'm blowing yeah. off future me's ears. Um, wow. With the, okay, just to, you know, I... I wasn't able to watch the second game, which was last night, but I watched the first yeah. game. Um, both games, Miami was trailing basically the entire yeah. game, and then with about um, two thirds left of the fourth, they took the lead and had to re- lead the remaining of the fourth. That's basically mm-hmm. how they won both games. Um, okay, from okay, let's start with with uh, Boston. Um, Jason Tatum has been playing awful against Boston. Um, he, what, didn't have a single field goal in last night's fourth quarter? Yeah. Um, which is quite wild because he was so impressive against Philly, putting up over 50 points in the Game 7 against Philly to close out that series. Um, he was extremely impressive. Philly crapped the bed. James Harden was a no-show. Embiid was meh. Al Horford and Time Lord stopped Embiid from doing anything. Yeah. Tobias Harris wet the bed and disappeared and i don't think maxi ever left the building um doc rivers got fired uh philly literally exploded on itself everybody was like wow this boston team looks dominant they come in and they face this eighth seeded miami team jimmy butler made a video before the series started literally looking at a camera and saying boston here I come. And I guess that was enough because the Celtics haven't shown up. And they keep turning the ball over. Especially Marcus Smart. Yeah. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I mean, I mean you've got other boneheaded plays from like Malcolm Brogdon, but like Derek White's playing solid. Time Lord is playing solid. He's being outplayed by Bam. Bam yeah. had 17 rebounds last game, I believe it was 17. Yeah,
0: 17.
1: Bam had like 22 17, and 9. Um, Jimmy had, like, 25, 27, something like that. Um, Jimmy had 32 in the first... Jimmy had a very dominant yeah. first game. I could whip out all the statistics, but, like, honestly, who cares? Um, Jimmy had a dominant game. Miami had, in their first game, tied an NBA record with, I believe, six people in double figures. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe seven. I think it was six. Um But the moral of the story is Eric Spolstra has the entire team playing very well. And then additionally, Bam is playing very well, which is extremely... Which is, in my opinion, the most important thing. Jimmy's also playing very well. He has to be back to that round one, Jimmy, for Miami to win. Even though we're heading to Miami 2-0. In my opinion, um, Bam is the key. Um, But it's also notable... I mean, Kyle Lowry, yeah. I'm not a Kyle Lowry fan. He's been playing so well. He hit a behind-the-back, step-back mid-range jumper. I've never seen him hit that shot before. And then, like always, his defense is phenomenal. Um, while I'm ecstatic, I think yeah. a lot of people are disappointed in like the immaturity of handling the moment by Boston. Um, Jason Tatum became part of an, uh, an elite club at the age of, like I think, 25, only scoring... Less than uh, I think it's K D and LeBron.
0: Yep.
1: Or something crazy like that.
0: Well, I, I watched the, the game playoffs. last night. I watched the game last night and, like the Boston did collapse in the fourth quarter. Like I mean, just like game one, there were so many fouls, boneheaded fouls. Mm-hmm. In the I think um, Boston was up by like seven with six yeah, minutes ago yeah, or they something were, like that. And then, but that wasn't an issue for Jimmy. It no,
1: was, Jimmy went to the mid range. He got it. Like the game was sealed on Max Struess free throws. Uh, yep. It's extremely clutch that he made the free throws. Jimmy made some free throws, but he also made a rattle in like multiple bounds three. Yeah. Um, and game one in the clutch minutes, both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum both traveled. Uh, Jason Tatum at the end of the game here traveled as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's fascinating that that just the difference in the coaching styles and how prepared Miami is and how not prepared Joe Missoula has Mm -hmm. the Celtics and Miami I think set the record for like most crunch time wins or most crunch time games in the NBA this year which in crunch time is under five minutes left of the game I think they had like 25
0: yeah
1: um and so Miami is used to these close games um yeah, it's uh, it's wild. And, if, you know, Boston has had some really good moments. Um, Marcus Smart's passing and playmaking has been extremely impressive. Time Lord for both games started out really well and then kind of disappeared. Al Horford comes and goes. Malcolm Brogdon comes and goes. I think Derek White has been very consistent with his perimeter game and his three-point shot, like his perimeter defense's three-point shot. But then they
0: just fumbled the bag in the, in the fourth quarter. There's, I, I don't mean to uh, push this conspiracy theory about Jimmy Butler, but the numbers don't lie. He is currently averaging in the playoffs, uh, thirty, six, and six. There's only one other player who averaged something close to that.
1: Austin Reeves. Awesome
0: Michael Jordan. Michael. Right. Yeah. His, his father. His dad. His father. Yeah. I knew that was coming. Like father, but it's true. Like they're the only two that have averaged those numbers yeah. in the playoffs
1: and there's like some crazy conspiracy like Jimmy was born in Houston or something like that Mm -hmm. Um, that could be completely wrong but the moral of the story is like when the year Jimmy was born LeBron LeBron MJ was still playing for the Bulls and he left the team and like went to Houston like nine months before Jimmy was born Mm. and so like like you can look it up we should we could look it up easily and talk about it if we actually wanted to put some effort into this we should um, maybe we'll do that next time. I'm, I'm going to write that down. Um, Jimmy Butler, father story. But, but like, it, it, like everything aligns like that. Like, it's it's really real.
0: sus. Like, I, it's like... I've seen, like, the... <laughs> what are the odds? I, I, have you seen, like, the, the, the face next week? Yeah, however?
1: comparison? They comparison? look similar. Like, they match up.
0: Yeah. But even if they're not biologically related, the fact that he's the only other person who is averaging that is, is pretty... I mean, the announcer is... We're giving a lot of credit to this. They kept saying that Jimmy's carrying the team. Yeah, uh, I mean, they playing really well. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah.
1: At least six players in double figures. The whole yeah. team's playing
0: really well. well yeah, the whole and, team's playing well, but I think I think Jimmy's giving them the spirit and like the you know what I mean, like he's yeah. motivating them. And
1: just something so. I was thinking about, like looking at the roster that Boston has. That's a it's an insane roster. It's so good. It has so many. Solid NBA players and not only solid NBA players but two-way solid NBA yeah. players. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Al Horford, Derek White, Malcolm <laughs> Brogdon, Time Lord. Like yeah. and then you got Peyton Pritchard coming off the bench. Like like <laughs> it's a good team. It's such a good team.
0: Yeah.
1: It doesn't make any sense. However, I will say Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are both still super young. Like, you, you're not seeing LeBron make finals, well, not make finals appearances, but win finals until he's older than that. Yeah. Obviously, he went to the finals with um, in 07 against the Spurs with the Cavs, um, but he didn't win. Yeah. Um, There's some crazy statistic where, like, I think it was, like, stars under 25, it was, like, Steph Curry and Tim Duncan that won it. Besides that, Giannis was older when he won it. Obviously, Dirk was way older. Kobe was not, but Kobe had Shaq. Um, I mean, you had Steph Curry, obviously, I said. Um, but Dwayne Wade was... Well, okay, now I'm... Dwayne Wade was... Well, Dwayne Wade might have been older. I think Dwayne Wade was older. Because Dwayne Wade was a bit older when he got into the draft. But um, the, the moral of the story is... You know they're still super young, and and we're disappointed yet again. Well, I'm not, but a lot of yeah. people are, especially Boston fans, because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have had so much success. Uh, I mean, Jason Tatum went to the conference finals, I believe, in his rookie year. Yeah. I think Jalen Brown did as well, yeah. and I think they both lost to LeBron when he was playing for the Cavs. Yeah, um, like, and like, they've been. To the conference finals, a ton. Obviously, last year they went to the finals. Yeah. Um, before that, uh, like in the bubble, they they went to the conference finals. Um, I think against Milwaukee, they went to the conference finals yeah, in twenty twenty one.
0: Um, yeah, there is something we had to mention that all four teams right now it's, it's a repeat of the bubble it is so um, it's kind of scripted maybe last week
1: I predicted that yeah, predicted Boston would come back and beat Philly and then it'd be Boston, Miami and the Eastern and I said that it'd be Nuggs, Lakers in the West and look who was right also yeah, right. we'll allude to it later I have another prediction from last week we'll talk about later that was also correct um then again, I had another prediction that was way off, uh, but that's not that's not a problem. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, we're you know nearly twenty minutes into the pod. I mean, it's, what am I looking? Uh, I, do you have any opinions? Let's say then. Let's let's talk about what we want to look forward to in the the next two games.
0: I think it's been a really good series, even though it's it's
1: been yeah it's been close yeah. games. It's been Which, really good games, and then Miami. Has just been so solid, though, yeah. of the quarters.
0: I, I'm excited to see how these next two games go in Miami. Mm-hmm. I think Boston has now a, a pretty strong hill to climb up. They do. So, but, I mean, it's not impossible. I mean, it's been done no, before. No, no,
1: no, no, no. Uh, I mean, I will be very disappointed, but in no means will I be extremely surprised if we're coming out of Miami's two games tied. Yeah, like I could see Boston going in and winning both games. They could. I mean, it,
0: well, they could have easily have won these last two games too. True. So,
1: and like the concern is Miami. Like watching Miami in the regular season, they just struggle. I
0: think it's some some background noise. Yeah, not sure what that is, but like <laughs> Miami
1: struggles so hard to score sometimes. Like yeah. that's what's so surprising. They had game one. The third quarter, they they scored like forty plus points. Right. And having, like, all five starters in double figures plus bench players in double figures, it's just wild how Miami all of a sudden is scoring a ton. Not Well, well, not even really scoring a ton, but, like, like scoring is less of an issue. Yeah. Um, And something also I'll say is Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, and even Marcus Smart— it's, it's clear when times get tough and they want to basket. They want to go to jump shots. And when you're a superstar and a megastar, you have to understand the best thing to do mm. is to drive to the basket. Um, because even if you miss it, if you're driving in, you have a high chance of getting the foul called. Uh, and also, Jason Tatum is one of the best offensive skills in the league like, I understand he's a good three-point shot. I understand he's got a good mid-range. He's got an amazing finishing. Jalen Brown, not as much, but still crazy athletic. Yeah. I don't know. I, they've been going to the jump shot, and it's not been working. I don't know why you don't. I think that's also on Joe Missoula. He needs to tell them, you need to drive to the basket. Do a high pick and roll with Al Horford or mm-hmm. something, or Time Lord, something. Or the two of them. What's so wrong about that? They're Breath both it. huge guys. They're both like six seven and above. Jason Tatum's like 6'9, 6'10. Yeah. Jalen Brown's 6'7, 6'8. Like, these are big dudes. And Miami's not huge. Miami has one big guy. And then, okay, Kevin Love is 6'10. If you're if you if you're switching Jalen Brown on Kevin Love, huge dub. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, Kevin Love should be targeted yeah. every time. Yeah. Like, like, if I'm the Celtics coach and Kevin Love is on there, I'm doing pick and roll, high pick and roll to get yeah. Kevin Love switched onto whoever has the ball. Yeah. Jason Tatum, Malcolm Brogdon, Jalen Brown, Derek White, yeah. Marcus Smart. Like they should be <laughs> torching Kevin Love. Should be, but they're not. They're choosing to to yeah. start Love <laughs> over Martin. Granted, Martin had like twenty five last game and he's playing out of his mind. Yeah. But like, yeah, I don't know. I like the key in Miami is gonna be the three point shot for the Heat. Mm-hmm. Um, And if Bam can keep playmaking the way he is, um, will Kyle Lowry be able to play as well? Um, And then the takeaway for the Celtics is, can they get their, you know, their silly, stupid turnovers and start driving to the basket? Some high pick and roll, get the ball moving. Yeah. I don't know. That's like, I think, I think this is enough. Well, I don't know. I had, obviously, Boston going to the finals, but now I think it's... it's. I think there's a higher... Maybe a 52% chance now that Miami wins the series and a 48% chance that Boston does.
0: I'll say that. No, I'm done. Yeah. Um, just one last thing. Seeing Kevin Love with gray hair makes me feel old.
1: Yeah, it's weird. So. Also, if You're you hear scratching at the door, that is, once again, my dog, Nala.
0: She's right on the other side of the door. She's our our co-host. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. All right, now we can move on to the Western Conference. The West. <laughs> um, I don't. I think I said the Lakers would beat Golden State, Mm-hmm. but I think I said the Suns. I think I said I wanted the Suns, but I knew that the Nuggets would win. So I think I got both of those right, even though I wanted. No, I think you said the Nuggets. I, I think,
1: think I said you those? said Nuggets. I actually think you said Nuggets were no you. I think you... Oh, wow, we should have written, <laughs> we we written this down. We uh, yeah. I think you had Philly going to the finals. So okay. I think our yeah. Western Conference was the same. I think so. I think yeah. we had Nuggets-Lakers and then the Nuggets beating the Lakers.
0: Yeah, even though I don't want that to happen. But, because I like my boy Austin Reeves, we'll get to that in a second. He's playing uh, so well. He is. Uh, I, have the, I have the receipts, the numbers. But, uh, Denver is up much like Miami two zero Against um, the Lakers. Against the Lakers. Um, there's a game tonight in uh 45 minutes. we'll see what happens there. Um, mm-hmm. maybe we can talk about what we think will happen in LA. It's in LA so hopefully the Lakers do seem to play better at home. Um, but the first game was really close. I remember watching it late in my bed that night and uh, in my PJs I was on the edge of my seat edge of my bed. I was on the edge of the bed. Um, kicking my legs, sending Sean emojis about how the game was crazy. Riding the bench. Riding the bench. Um, That's us. So the first game, the Lakers lost 160, 126, not 160, 126 to 132. I wish it was 160. <laughs> really close game uh, for that first game for game one. Uh, and just listen to this. Austin Reeves, 23 points. LeBron, 26. AD, 40. AD had 40 and 10. Yeah. For that first game, which is crazy. Um, and they still came up, you know... Like, Do you have Jokic, Jokic had a bunch of crazy stats, too. He had a near
1: triple-double by
0: halftime. Jokic, uh, 34... Um, 34, 21, and 14.
1: 21 rebounds, 14 assists. Yep. <laughs> Wild. And then Jamal
0: Murray had a 30-something, too, didn't he? Um, 30, 31 points, um, 5 rebounds, 5 assists. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I just don't know... Of course, that's game one. Game two was was actually, honestly, really similar. Very um, entertaining. Very lower scoring. Jamal Le- Murray, man. Um, Lakers lost one hundred three, one hundred eight. So these are, these have both been close games within six, five points. Sure, um, sure, sure. Much like the Eastern Conference, where the yeah. games are close, but that's maybe a little bit on. of a different story. Yeah. Um, but in that, in game two, LeBron had twenty two points. Um, Austin Reeves had twenty two as well. Um, Ad had eighteen. But again, the whole story is just a nuggets like Jokic Jamal Murray. That was the Jamal Murray yeah. game. Jamal he Murray, thirty seven
1: points. He was hitting step back three pointers. Like any insane. any in the fourth quarter and even the third quarter, any momentum that the Lakers created was just was silenced by <laughs> Jamal Murray. Yeah. Jokic didn't even have that great of a game. No, I mean
0: previous for, for call
1: Pope had a big game one, didn't have a big game two. Um, Yeah, it's concerning that the Lakers still lost with Jokic not having a big
0: game. I will say Jokic in Game 2 did have 17 rebounds still. True. So,
1: well... The the game plan from the Lakers was to put Rui Hachimura on him, and they were happy with that, and Jokic, you know, took
0: that as you will. Rui had a good game. He He did. He had 21 points that game. Um,
1: He had a big game one as well.
0: Yeah, let me... While I'm pulling that up, I'm just thinking about... The,
1: like, okay, from, let's start with the Lakers, what are, what are some goods you've seen from the Lakers? Oh, I like, for instance, Mm -hmm. um, AD had a big game one. He did. That's a plus. Also, Austin Reeves has shown he's the third
0: best player on the, on the team, and Rui has also played really well. I will say, um... What I like, what I've seen from the Lakers, I like so far is like when they're locked in. Mm-hmm. Like they are really good. They're really they good are they're a really good in. team. Like we watched game two, and they they look great. And then I'm um, honestly,
1: you know, spoiler. I'm expecting them to win tonight. Uh,
0: I, I hope they do. Uh, I don't. If for anything else to keep it more interesting, give give us more stuff to talk about. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, like the other game, game two we watched together uh, with the Villager. Not sponsored, but I would love to be sponsored. True. Really um, yeah, like they, they were on fire, and then Jamal Murray would come down and do something ridiculous, and it would just be sucked out. Mm-hmm. And they'd They had they'd have to constantly search for that. So that's mm-hmm. what's... The good thing is that when they're on, they're on. Yep.
1: What about the bads?
0: The bad is that it's really just LeBron, Austin Reeves, and AD. Yeah. And well, then, I didn't know
1: Rui's been playing well.
0: Yeah. I'll, I'll say a, it's those four. Yeah, And then, but if you compare it to the Nuggets, I mean, sure, you get are... and, and uh, Murray, but you have other people coming in. Michael Porter. Uh, yeah, man, his, Pope. his defense is awful. Yeah.
1: Um, Which, they need to exploit that. They I mean, yeah, that. as a team, the Nuggets are playing way better. Oh, yeah. I'll say my bads for the Lakers are, what you're saying, the inconsistency of mm-hmm. out of those five players... So, eighty, Reeves, LeBron, and Rui. Mm-hmm. Out, of, out of those five players, they really aren't getting help from anybody else consistently. Um, and also, it's a bit concerning LeBron's energy. He just yeah. doesn't have it in his legs right now. He just, yeah. in Denver, maybe it's the altitude, he just seemed so gassed. He yeah. seemed exhausted. I mean, he's playing over 40 minutes. Um, right now, Austin Reeves is playing less than forty minutes. They need to bump him up to above forty, which is where they have both LeBron and AD. Because mm-hmm. um, Austin Reeves has been playing phenomenal. He he. I mean, he's been playing out of his mind. He has. <laughs> he's been playing crazy. Um, but LeBron, I mean, he he biffed a dunk. He literally lost. He was gonna do, you know, kind of a fancy reverse dunk on the breakaway where he's by himself, and he just biffed it. Yeah. And then last night, no, two nights ago when we watched the game, um, he had a layup uh, in transition because the ball had been turned over by Denver. Denver almost threw the game away, but mm-hmm. the, the Lakers could never capitalize on it. LeBron missed just a bunch, missed a, He literally missed a layup, and it's because he has no lift in his legs. Yeah. His three-point shot has also not been there at all, and he's still taking plenty of threes, and some of them are very deep, um, and they're just not going in.
0: I, I don't know what you're saying. Like, it could be the altitude. It could be maybe he's just feeling tired from this playoff series. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say that the Lakers-Warriors series was a hard fight. It was. I mean, he's probably exhausted from that. He's getting older. Mm-hmm. I'm, not, I'm not saying he still can't do it, but there's facts of life when you get older. Yeah. All um, right, uh, what about Denver? They look good. <laughs> I, mean,
1: what ab- I mean... What about them looks good? Um, Ball movement, defense, camaraderie... The cheerleaders, that was bad. That was... I don't like that. That was not... I don't like that. Um, That was a bad... It's 2023. It's a bad joke. Jokic is just... Jokic is the best player in in the playoffs right now. Yeah. I mean, he is. I mean, he's...
0: With Jimmy and and Tatum behind him. He's in the paint, bullying, getting those rebounds, and there's just no one... I I, I wouldn't expect for him to have so much against AD. Yeah. You know, but... I guess that's another thing with the Lakers. Like they just need to have, they need to figure it out. They just need to figure out their paint situation because Jokic mm-hmm. just pushing them around and yeah, and he's just an insane. He's...
1: Yeah, my pluses are definitely the all around play that they've yeah. gotten. Yeah. Um, from whether it be Brown to Jeff Green to Porter Jr. at times. Um. I'm happy to see Bubble Murray back. I yeah. mean, Jamal Murray is getting you thirty points a night. I mean, he's playing so well, and he was hitting step back threes and just timely buckets, which is so important. And then obviously, even when Jokic is not being aggressive offensively or even having a good shot, which we have, he just wasn't that aggressive offensively last mm-hmm. game. But he impacts the game in so many ways because obviously the he still rebounds and he still has the ball flowing through him, and he's. Honestly, the greatest mind in the NBA right now. LeBron, yeah. almost there. LeBron had some phenomenal dimes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, look, Jokic is playing so well. I will say my bads for Denver are... Uh, Michael Porter Michael Porter Jr. is awful defensively. <laughs> He's horrible. Yeah. Uh, Denver, like the Celtics, seems to... In the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. a little too many turnovers. Yeah. The difference in these series is, in the East, Miami has capitalized on that and turned that into points, while in the West, the Lakers were straight up unable to do that. They just didn't have the energy to do so. Yeah. Um, also, Jokic has to be offensively aggressive. He, like, like, sometimes he just doesn't shoot. And he's got a great shot. He's one of the best shooters on that team, if not the best jump shooter on the Nuggets. Um, yeah, so those are those are my takeaways. They, they need to keep having their, their role players playing well, which, you know, with Jokic you have the highest chance out of anybody in the league doing that.
0: So I know you already told us you think the Nuggets will win tonight? Do you think the Lakers will win?
1: I think the Lakers are going to win
0: tonight. How close of a game? I think... I think it'll be
1: close, and then I think the Lakers are going to make a big lead, maybe like a 15-point lead, and then I think the Nuggets will claw back late in the third, early fourth. It'll be close for a bit, and then the Lakers will have Juice, the home court, you know, cooking, and they'll win by, you know, from 8 to 13 points.
0: I feel they need. They would need something like that too to get re-energized. I mean, I mean, like yeah, you you have a big game where LeBron gets
1: his three pointer, AD's aggressive on the boards. Yeah. D'Lo gets his threes. Reeves gets his threes. Rui's hitting the mid range. Mm-hmm. Like they're 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 bound to have a game where their jump shots are hitting, and once they do that, I mean, they're solid on defense. Like yeah. like it just depends on if if. The Nuggets can keep pace with them. And if there's one
0: thing that we have learned. Michael Beasley, mm-hmm. if he plays, he's awful on defense. But if, if there's one thing we've learned in general about LeBron, though, is to never count him out fully. So, Absolutely. I mean, I mean the, there's no telling what could happen because he's.
1: You know, both the Celtics and the Lakers are down 0 2. I love to hear that, but <laughs> both of them are very much still in yeah the series. However, both these games, game threes, you go down 0 3. Never happened before. It can all. There's always a first time. Yeah. Um, the man That'd be really
0: hard. to Come back from that.
1: Obviously, I mean, yeah. This is this is a must-win for the Lakers and uh, the Celtics for yeah. tonight.
0: Yeah, I, I was gonna ask if you think tomorrow night is also a must-win for the Celtics. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And then by the time we record next weekend we could potentially already know what the final matchup is. Nuggets Heat. (laughs) (laughs) I would be
0: so happy with Nuggets Heat. That could be an interesting matchup. I'm just worried about... I mean, the Heat have a lot of heart, like we said, and they're really good, but, I mean, the Nuggets are just playing insane. I honestly think that out of these two series,
1: it's more likely the Nuggets end the series sooner than later, and that
0: the Celtics have a higher chance of yeah. pushing it to like 6 or 7 yeah. games I mean I wouldn't be mad with the Nuggets Celtics matchup either that'd, that'd be, be cool NBA I think
1: any go. combo I think would be fun out of these 4 teams uh, people are already talking crap about how the NBA doesn't want Nuggets Heat. I completely disagree mm. um, That those are just like I don't know that's annoying You're Like <laughs> I've seen stuff like that and it's just like that's so freaking annoying like it'd be a great series too. Like it would be. I mean, Miami is super well known. Obviously, the Celtics and Lakers are super well known. The only only team that doesn't have huge, you know, clout is the Nuggets. But you do that, you create a you know sports base out of the actual city by being successful and winning championships. That I can tell you one thing: before Giannis and before Giannis won his chip. Mm-hmm. There was probably so little um, Milwaukee Bucks fan, but winning that championship probably no, it... greatly expanded their their um, fan base. And I feel like the same with the Nuggets. Yeah. Um, but on that note, yeah, I don't have anything else with what we need to go over. I think I'm good to move on if you are.
0: Let's move on. I guess I'll say my prediction for tonight, too. I think mm. the Lakers will also win. It'll be close. Like you said, five to eight points, I think. It'll be a close one. But we also had the draft lottery did. that occurred last Tuesday. Um, Sean is still. Are you still upset about the? No, you, I mean, no, I'm not upset anymore. It took a couple days though. Um, Sean is a, a Hornets fan. If you're for our longtime listeners, they know the insides. Um, yes, and and since we didn't talk about it, um,
1: so the the draft went like this: so fourteen, the Pelicans. 13 Toronto The 12th pick went to OKC Orlando gets the 11th pick Dallas gets the 10 Utah at 9 Washington Wizards at 8 7 is Indiana 6 is Orlando Detroit get the 5th pick So they had 17 wins Worst record in the NBA They get the 5th pick But honestly They have 2 rookies That were all rookie 2nd team And they got Cade So 5th pick They can still make something of that Houston gets the 4th pick oddly portland gets the third pick the hornets my hornets got the second pick so close and then the san antonio spurs got the first pick and if you rewind to last week i said that san antonio who was one of the three teams with the highest chance of getting that pick would get the first pick It's pretty much accepted at this point. Wembenyama will be going to the Spurs. So it's kind of like, okay, how did the chips fall after that? Mm -hmm. Um, I did say Charlotte's probably going to get the 8th pick. They got the 2nd pick. So really bummed about Wembenyama, but Charlotte getting the 2nd pick. And then I also am a big Orlando fan. They get the 6th and 11th pick, and I very much like Portland. They get the 3rd pick. That's wild. Um, So honestly, I say we just talk about... Picks two through five.
0: Yeah, because we are we are we know one one.
1: and we'll (laughs) we'll talk about the other lottery, you know mumbo jumbo later. Let's go through two through five, starting with fifth. Uh, Detroit Pistons. Mm -hmm. um, They've got the Thompson twins who will probably be available, or one of them will be. Yeah. Um, just super ironic that the worst team in the NBA got the fifth pick.
0: That um. But they got
1: the first pick last year. no. No. Yeah. Was it that? No, a couple years ago. Okay, I
0: I feel like if I last was, year was Orlando. If, if I was a Pistons fan, I would be bummed. So sad. That that, that actually sucks. Yeah, like, I feel bad for them, but that does suck.
1: I don't know. Like, let's skip to three real quick. I don't have much to say about Houston. Um, They'll
0: probably get one of the Thompson Thompson tours.
1: Yeah, there's really, uh, you know. You've got Wemben Yama at one, and then it's kind of like Brandon Miller and Scoot mm-hmm. at two slash three. Still some like rearranging there. And then you've got Amon Thompson, who was. Uh, he went to a semi professional basketball league, so no NCAA, no G League Ignite. They weren't mm-hmm. in a foreign league. Um, his brother also. I don't remember his brother's name. Uh, also projected to go. Lottery potentially, but later in the lottery, Amon. He's a he's a playmaking super, like probably the best athlete in the in the draft. Better than Scoot. Um, crazy athlete, really really raw though. Um, I could honestly see him going to the Rockets, but he's so raw and requires so much development. I think yeah. that's a little concerning. Um, but yeah, I don't have I don't have too much to say about the Rockets. You know they've got Shangoon, they've got Green, they've got Porter.
0: I'm I'm just worried. I know. I think we mentioned on the podcast about how young and immature the Rockets are. Yeah. Uh the the head coach hiring they had. Yeah. Uh, it to be interesting to see. How things go with the next season? It could, yeah. be, it could be great. You know they could turn it around always, but we'll see.
1: But yeah, Portland. Um, so the big debate with Portland is, how does this fit with Dame's timeline? Because if they draft someone, it doesn't fit with Dame's timeline. So the question is, do you trade the pick to, say, Detroit for the fifth pick and Bogdanovich? You get a veteran who's good at scoring. They need a small forward. He fits that small forward. Do you trade the pick to someone else? Do you create a giant package with the third pick to bring in a co-star with Dame? Or do you say vice versa, trade Dame? especially i think i think it i think the portland situation big pause there don't like that the portland situation could really be weighed by the hornets choice so yeah. do the hornets want to go with what fits on their team which is they need a wing so brandon miller of alabama risky who's a small forward like 68 69 super lengthy 3 and d Brandon Miller I loved his play at Alabama. He's got a great three-point yeah. shot. He's solid defensively. He's not a crazy good athlete, but he's good enough in the NBA to hold his own. But he's you know, his ceiling is super high, but he's not as good as Scoot right now and he's there's he's linked to the murder
0: yeah, at
1: Alabama where, you know, there's police testimony that Miller Provided the handgun that led to the killing of a woman by Miller's teammate.
0: Yeah, yeah. I haven't learned a lot in law school, but that does not sound good. That's not. I know that his attorney has an uphill battle to climb, but maybe he' a good attorney. He's not a good attorney, so. You know.
1: So if Charlotte chooses him, yeah, goes with the fit with what the team needs. Then you've mm-hmm. got Scoot Henderson on the board. He's a point guard, six foot two, crazy athletic, mm-hmm. can create his own shot off the dribble, is a two-way player. Um, He was in the Ignite, a little inconsistent day in, day out offensively, but the kid's 19 years old. Um, And honestly, right now, Scoot's probably better than Brandon Miller. Most boards have Scoot going first. I know the Ringer and Kevin O'Connor has Brandon Miller going second and Scoot going third. Um, So the the issue is what Charlotte does. Um, If Charlotte chooses Miller and you've got Scoot on the board, I think you trade Damian Lillard. Okay. Damian Lillard is one of my favorite players of all time. However, you have a, an extremely unique opportunity to immediately fill the gap of Damian Lillard with a potential future multi-time all-star yeah. in Scoot Anderson. Yeah. Um, we don't know that. There's all these risks with, with first with first-round picks yeah. and picks in general and all that. But you're not going to get a better opportunity to replace Dame than if Scoot Henderson is on the board.
0: That It gives you a chance to replace Dame on your own terms. Exactly. And then you can also probably get something of value back from Dame. Exactly. So, so I, I'm, I'm, Especially for my team who, who wants to win now. who mm-hmm. is one piece away. I mean, that could be any number of teams. But then mm-hmm. you get picks in the future, who knows? Yep. So I'm,
1: I'm going to tie in my prediction with the Hornets. In my opinion, I think the Hornets should draft Scoot because I think you I I'm tired of drafting what fits your team better. That yeah. seems to work less than just drafting the best talent available. It didn't work with Markel Fultz with the 76ers. Right. It's it's not worked time and time again. <laughs> um, it worked picking the best available player worked phenomenally for, say, the Kings, who kept over and over picking guards. De'Aaron Fox, mm-hmm. uh, you have Off Knight, you had Halliburton, you yeah. had, um, you had Buddy Healed, and they you, even though they kept drafting all these guards, they were drafting the best available player, and they ultimately used that to get Sabonis, and now look how it's turned out. Yeah. Opposed to drafting the player that fits. So in my opinion, I think Charlotte should draft Scoot, and if Scoot turns out to be better than Lamelo Ball, who's really good, who's an All Star, but who has been plagued with injuries Mm -hmm. i'm not a huge lamello ball fan however i gotta respect the fact that he's extremely talented and i very much enjoy big guards who are elite playmakers turns out okay you've got three options they don't work together you can trade one of them whether that be scoot well okay say scoot doesn't work out you can still trade scoot get something for it they both work out to be really good players and they work well together. That's a huge dub. Or they both end up being really good, but it's not working out. And it's clear Scoot's better. Yeah. Then you trade LaMelo Ball. I think they should go with Scoot Henderson. Ultimately, I bo- I like both Miller and Scoot. The gun thing makes me really nervous with Miller. <laughs> yeah. And I just think Scoot's a better player. If that happens, I immediately think Portland should do two things. Either trade Miller say, to, you know, the Pistons or whatever, mm-hmm. bring in Vets. Ultimately, I think they should piece that together for a big trade, bring in another star.
0: Yeah.
1: Or trade Damian Miller. Now, since they can't get Scoot, I would trade for a vet. Um, I mean, you could do the whole... I mean, Brandon Miller is worth the, worth the risk. Yeah. Um
0: I mean, we watched highlights of his the other day. He looks
1: good. Now, based on how, with the NBA, whatever I want to happen, in my opinion, is the most logical thing, that never happens. So what's going to happen is Charlotte's going to choose Brandon Miller, Portland's going to choose Scoot Henderson, and then try to do – trade Anthony Simons and try to do Scoot Henderson and Damian Lillard. It's just not going to work at all. Um, Or or Portland chooses, like, Amon – yeah, <laughs> like Thompson It <Something> <laughs> Scoot drops to Houston which would just be something which they would be stupid not to draft him but now Houston has a huge traffic log at the guard position but I would apply the same facts to what I said about Charlotte just, the best available. exactly um, really interesting um, from my understanding this draft is very top heavy goes, very. those four are s- extremely top heavy Thompson Miller Henderson, Wim, and Yama, and then it kind of drops off. Um, mm-hmm. Once the playoffs are over, before the draft, we'll do our research and we'll do like a yeah. I, we'll do a draft pod. We should do. Um, but yeah, that's that's my i have been dominating this entire podcast <laughs> today. <laughs> I'm so sorry about that. You're good. What, what's your opinions? What? How do you think
0: uh, two and three should go down? Um, I think Charlotte should get should. Get scoot. We're mm-hmm. worried about some of the front office choices. What I could be, they <laughs> could choose neither. Like,
1: like Jordan is still a majority owner. He hasn't yeah. sold his state to become a minority owner. Um, we could do a BA breakdown, we business association yeah. breakdown of that. Um, yeah.
0: Okay. I I mean yeah. Um, or, I have seen a lot of a lot of.
1: Uh, or trade LaMelo Ball now.
0: Yeah. Well, I was going to say speaking of trades, I've seen a lot of. Uh, mock drafts where the Hornets trade number two pick. There's a lot of talk about there's
1: already talk about now that Wemby's going number one to San Antonio all the other picks are like being shopped already. But like people people have been talking that Scoot is this insane talent the whole year. Like and now it's like oh maybe Charlotte should trade it. The, what? Yeah. They yeah. they're saying Scoot is, like, the next prospect besides what... Like, if Wemby wasn't in this draft class, Scoot would, Scoot, would still, Scoot would be the first overall pick by far, yeah. and people would be drooling over Scoot Henderson.
0: Yeah, yeah but, uh, like, it's just so social media and everything mm-hmm. is... Yeah. Yeah, and I like Victor. I'm just a little worried about his health. Yeah, that's my biggest concern, uh, too. He looks good, but... Uh, I, I think it makes sense for the trailbla- Trailblazers to draft Brandon <clears throat> Miller, as well. I think that's how it should go. Top three: Victor, Scoot, and then Brandon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rockets. What do you uh, think? Uh, then, what do you think the Blazers should do? Do
1: right. you take Miller and just keep Miller with uh, mm-hmm. the current roster?
0: I w- I would draft Miller, trade away Dame.
1: You trade Dame. I think. I think you go big. And then if that fails, you trade Dame. I think you take Miller, you draft him. Then you take Simons, Okay. and you take Nurkic. So, so definitely keep um, Dame and uh, their power forward. Golly, he's slipping my name. Um, he was new this year, but he played phenomenal. Um, you keep him. Shaden Sharp? Sure. No, that's a backup shooting guard. Yeah. Um, Oh my god! My dog's making
0: so much noise. Well, um, I, I feel like if they trade a...
1: those three in a huge package yeah. for for someone, obviously they need someone next to Dame who's defensively elite. Um, but they need a dominant. They need someone better than Nurk, anchoring the defense because they're so bad on defense. I'm
0: trying to think of who that would be. I don't know.
1: I mean, <laughs> maybe you look at Golden State, try to get Clay Thompson to be that shooting uh, guard. And then you bring in another
0: big that's just solid. Yeah. Um. So like yeah, I don't know. I think it'd be great for us to have like an off season, like obviously before the off season happens, but like an off season podcast where we look at all the upcoming free agents too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's, that's, that's also a big a big thing is if someone's there in free agency, you wouldn't necessarily have to trade, and you would mm-hmm. But, I. I feel like a trade of some sort is likely within the top four. Or not top one or two, but <laughs> e- either the Rockets or the... Or, I, I want some kind of drama to happen on draft nights. So, so do I. Be, and who knows the NBA draft is unpredictable. Yeah, that's true. So, you know, it could be a scoot going one. If that happens, you might uh, ascend to the heavens if uh, <laughs> Charlotte somehow... <laughs> Victor falls to the ladder, <laughs> and, and then they somehow still don't draft him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they pass <laughs> up on one Now we're good. Yep. All but, right, well, you want to go over Ja? Um, yeah, that's just so sad. <laughs> just, um, I,
1: Between, the, do you want to update what happened? Yeah. Um, so, like a day after we recorded last time.
0: It's either the day of or the day after we recorded um, another Instagram live. I think one of Jaws friends was on live. And, mm-hmm. um, John Morant flashed a, another gun at the camera. So. He had it up to his head. Yeah. It's just so dumb. I mean... He's been suspended. Again. <laughs> I, I don't know what happens from there. I mean, I feel like the Grizzlies have to make a... He, he
1: made a public statement saying like oh my words don't mean much but I take this personally and I, I am saying I'm sorry and all that and then someone put in chat GBT like best apology and it was like almost verbatim exactly what Joss said so now there's a huge rumor that he just went on chat GBT and, and, and
0: copied and pasted um, but uh I, I mean I don't know I mean if I was the Grizzlies I would just
1: Adam Silver's pissed yeah and, like, they interviewed him at the lottery and he was, like... he. I mean, he was, like, I talked to Jaw face-to-face and he said he wasn't, like... He was taking this seriously and clearly Jaw lied. I,
0: I mean, it, he's a great player. I mean, he's, he's really great, mm-hmm. you know. And the Grizzlies need him, but, like, I just know how those organizations run, sports organizations. You don't want... It, it, any kind of bad news is, like, the worst news. Nike
1: took his shoes off the website. Yeah. Um, no news if, like, they've terminated the contract or anything, but they, tur- they took his shoes off the website.
0: I just feel like... I mean, you do you tra- trade him?
1: Do you... I don't know. I think, you know, Memphis is investigating, NBA is investigating, just sit and wait. I don't... Like, he's still young, you can still save this situation.
0: Um, I hope so. But, I mean, he has a kid. You know? He does.
1: Yeah, the, the concern is, like, the potential thousands if not millions of kids watching his his instagram lives
0: yeah it's not cool not cool it's it's troubling but the big takeaway i think too is just he needs better friends yeah i mean his friends suck so yeah all All right right. (sighs) on a lighter note well i was gonna do
1: uh the latest installment of sean's list let's do it we're already at 53
0: minutes well the first five minutes were Oh, yeah, we did some testing. That's right. Okay, yeah. Okay. I was so going to say we We're push- at okay. 45 minutes. Okay. 46. Okay,
1: okay, okay. Yeah, okay. You've pushed me. We, we You've pushed that. me. We're going to do Sean's List. This time, uh, small forwards. And just mm. a quick recap. I've already done shooting guards, power okay. forwards, and centers. And this is not my favorite top five. This is not the best top five. These are, in my opinion, the most unappreciated, and unrecognized uh, players at the positions in NBA history. Okay. I'm going to start at number five. I'm going to go to number one, and then I'm going to talk about my almost-made-it list. All right, starting at number five, he played first for the Char- for the Sacramento Kings, and then he, went- he played his best years in Charlotte, a little bit biased. Um, and then he went to the Nets, eventually the Celtics uh, kind of dribbled off that's Gerald Wallace. So Gerald Wallace, uh, his stats are 12 points per game, six rebounds, two assists, 57% from the field, 31 from three, 71 from the free-throw line. Um, He played, I wish it really showed me, two, four, six, nine. He played 16 years in the league. Um, Like I said, his best years were with Charlotte. He was a one-time All-Star, 05-06 steals champ, uh, 09-2010 All-Defensive team. Um, He was drafted in 01. His final year was in 2015. Um, He wasn't a crazy good scorer. Uh, He had a solid three-point shot. His best year was his All-Star year in Charlotte with 19.5 points, uh, five rebounds, and four assists. Um, but his thing was defense. He was really kind of the next reincarnation of Scottie Pippen. I yeah. mean, he was so elite defensive. He was a freak athlete. He was he was on those teams in Sacramento that went to the conference finals. He was riding the bench, and he was super young. But, but uh, I mean, he was a crazy good athlete. He was an all-star. He was all-defensive team. Um, and he's just extremely forgotten. I think his biggest highlight was when he was playing for Brooklyn and he got dumped on by Kobe Bryant. Um, and I'm biased because he played for Charlotte, um, but he was, just, he was just so good and he's never talked about. After he retired in 2015, I don't think he's been talked about since. Uh, and for being a one-time All-Star, one-time all-star and at one, point, at one point in the league, in my opinion, he was the best uh, perimeter defender. In uh, 2010, in my opinion, he was better than Dwayne Wade. He was better than Kobe uh, regarding perimeter defense. He was elite. But it went all for nothing because he was on the Charlotte Bobcats. Um, All right, at four, I have Jamal Wilkes. So Jamal Wilkes played for three teams. He played for the Golden State Warriors from 1975 to seventy seven. He played for the L.A. Lakers from '78 to '85. That's what he's best known for. And then he played for the Lakers in '86 before he retired. He's in the Hall of Fame. I understand. Hey, unappreciated. He's in the Hall of Fame. No one talks about him, Jamal Wilkes, small forward. Um, it's hard to get back that that far in the '70s. But you need to give these guys credit because, like, like in the '50s and '60s, you had the discrepancy and the skill and everything. By the seven, by, the time the '70s hit, you had the. T- you had the Moncriefs and the, the Birds and the Magics. You had some absolutely amazing players, and then through the 80s as well. Um, Jamal Wilkes, like I said, small forward. He averaged 17.5 points per game, 6 rebounds and 2.5 and assists, shooting 50% from the field and 76% from the line. Um, he was a 3-time All-Star. He was all-rookie team, won Rookie of the Year in 74-75. He's a 4-time NBA champ with the Lakers and a 2-time All-NBA defense. Um, so just like a 3 and D player, like, extreme... Not 3 and D. He was, like, 14% from 3. <laughs> um, let's see. His... His high for points was 23 points per game in 80 and 81 for the Lakers. Um, he, his rebounding was all over the place. I think his top was 5.5 rebounds a game. 6.5. Um, yeah, I mean... Through... He played for... Um, 12 seasons. I mean, 18 points for 12 seasons. That's, that, pretty good. That's, pretty good. that's pretty good. Hall of Fame. Jamal Wilkes, not talked about. I believe he was a coach, so he's talked about more about when he was a coach.
0: His uh, nickname was Silk.
1: Yeah, I did know that. Silk, Silk Wilkes. Silk Wilkes, well, great nickname. That was great. All right, at number three, uh, very biased to this because he played his best ball for both the Heat and and the charlotte hornets and that's jamal mashburn so in his nba career jamal averaged 19 points five and a half rebounds and four assists shooting 42 percent from the field 34 and a half from three and 77 percent from the line he played 12 seasons in the nba so not that not that much not that long but if you get it if you get over 10 years mm, mm, he was only a one-time all-star uh, All-NBA in 0 2 3 and he was on the all-rookie team in ninety three ninety four. 94 He played for the Mavericks, which is where he was drafted. Then he went to the Heat, Charlotte, and then he rounded out with the New Orleans Hornets. Mm.
0: Um,
1: he was, his rookie year was 93-94, and then he retired due to injury in 04-05. Uh, his best statistical years were his second year for Dallas when he averaged 24 points per game. Um Best and assist was five and a half, and his best rebounds were six and a half. His career high, he dropped fifty. Um, he had a fifteen rebound game and a fourteen assist game. Um, yeah, I mean, he elite mid range shooter and driver. He was all around with you know five and a half boards and four assists. Uh, he w- he was a specialist when it comes to scoring. Yeah. Um, he was an automatic bucket. He played amazing for. Dallas, Charlotte, and The Heat um, Pretty athletic, a bit more stocky dude um, Even though he was 6'8", he was 240 pounds He was a big dude uh, And he just One time all star Never talked about I mean, this is a guy that only the, the, as, the as No Dunks podcast says The NBA sickos know <laughs> the, the casual fans don't remember Jamal Mashburn
0: Have you heard of him? I have because of Kentucky.
1: But. Oh, that's right. He went to University of
0: Kentucky. Uh, I lived in Kentucky for two years, so I was.
1: Yeah, he is known in Kentucky,
0: <laughs> but that's the only reason why I knew him. Uh, he was actually by the time he gra- not graduated, but by the time he left Kentucky, he was uh, fourth all time scoring in Kentucky. Oh, cool! Nice. So I wonder maybe, who is first. Probably someone insane. There's like a, a lot of competition for who's the top scorer in Kentucky.
1: All right. um, At second, well, my first and second. Okay, these guys are a bit no, a bit more well known. However, in the talks about best small forwards of all time, you get through like the LeBron and the Bird. You go down the list. You start getting to James Worthy. You start getting to. uh, Dominique Wilkins. You get to Carmelo Anthony. Uh, These guys, although extremely talented, are super far down the list of memorable small forwards. And at number two, that's why I have Mark Aguirre. So Mark Aguirre was drafted by the Dallas Mavericks. He then went to the bad boy Detroit Pistons where he won back-to-back championships. Uh, And then he rounded out his, his career in 1994 with the LA Clippers, uh, so he was drafted in 81-82, and then, like I said, in 93-94 with the Clippers, he retired. He played for 14 seasons, where he averaged 20 points per game, 5 rebounds, and 3 assists, shooting 48% from the field, 31 from 3, and 74 from the line. As he said, as I said, this is a two-time champ, uh, and also a three-time All-Star. Uh, he was an All-Star I believe, for Dallas. And then he got traded to the Detroit Pistons. His nicknames are Ziggy, the Pillsbury Doughboy, <laughs> Elephant Drawers, the Muffin Man, and Fat Daddy, which might be the best list of Black nicknames in NBA history. Um, he was best friends with Isaiah Thomas, which played a huge role in him in him getting traded to the Detroit Pistons. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, you know... 31% from three for his career, so he was not a three-point specialist. He was a epitome of the 1980s, nitty-gritty, bulky, strong, small forward that played more like a big man than a wing. Um, he was a bit undersized. He was like 6'7". 7 doesn't say on basketball reference. Um, but Mark McGuire was extremely pivotal in the, the Pistons bad boys back-to-back. Um, championships. However, when you when you talk about those great Pistons teams, obviously you talk about Isaiah Thomas, and then you talk about Lil, Bill Lambeer, You talk about um, uh, the microwave. You talk that was the nickname of their six man. You talk about all those guys who were beating the Andrew Carr, beating the heck out of all the the Bulls and the Cavs. You don't really talk about Aguirre, Mark Aguirre, even though. They don't win those two championships without him. Right. They kept being beaten by the Celtics and the Lakers and Mark helped them get over that hump. Um, but now at my number one least appreciated small forward in NBA history is the dude who is on those Pistons teams at the small forward position that couldn't beat the Celtics and Lakers who got traded for Mark Aguire, and that's Adrian Dantley Adrian Dantley played uh, 10 12 13 15 oh. that's a lot Dantley played 17 years in the league um, in those 17 years he averaged 24 points per game six rebounds and three assists shooting 54% from the field 17 from three he wasn't he was a low post guy even though he's a small forward Um at 82% from the line, but he was very undersized for small forward. He was 6'5", 208, yet he was a low post-scorer. He played for the Buffalo Braves, the Indiana (laughs) Pacers, uh, the Utah Jazz, and then the Dallas Mavericks, uh, and the Milwaukee Bucks, and obviously the Pistons. Um, He was a six-time All-Star, and he's a Hall of Famer. Um... Whoa, really freaky. Do I have this wrong? Oh no, Detroit Pistons. Oh yeah, I missed. Sorry, he played for. He did play for the Lakers. So he went. Oh. He went Braves, Pacers, Lakers, Utah Jazz. Then he went to the Pistons. Then he got traded to the Dallas Mavericks, and then the Bucks. Um, okay. Let's see. His, I should always go through, like, their career bests. Um, he had a 19-rebound game, 65, pretty good. However, he had a 57-point game. That's wild. For, that's wild for, for then. having your best years in the 80s, 57, yeah. that's insane. Um, he had a season where he averaged 30-point. Oh, he had he had four seasons in a row where he averaged above 30 points per game. From 80 to 84, he averaged 30 points per game.
0: How else how he not talked about before? I don't know, <laughs> I don't
1: appreciate it is, He is the epitome of why I make make these lists Because this yeah. guy was clearly a hallmark of the 80s And yeah. he's not talked about
0: at all No, I mean, like, yeah He. I don't... And, and, and he, he's a workhorse, I mean, all the 17 years Yeah,
1: 17 years, he's a two-time NBA scoring champ The 76-77 All-Rookie Team, where you run Rookie of the Year Two-time All-NBA, and like I said, six-time All-Star I mean, Adrian Dantley, dude, averaged 24 points per game at 6'5, a small forward position, for 17 years. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Started in 76, 77. He retired uh, in 91,
0: 92. That's crazy <laughs> to think about. Like that timeline <laughs> of how things changed. I know. I know. He was there for all of it. He
1: was there. He was there for. He was there. I mean, on one of my other, you know, for Cummings from the Bucks. He he had a super, he was like 16, 17 years. And it's just these guys who were crazy good in the 80s and 70s that stayed around. The stuff they saw, I mean, in the 70s, they saw the rise of Magic and Bird, the rise of the bad boys, they saw the rise of the Bulls. Jordan, yeah. Like crazy. Crazy. All right. Um, Just to go over some honorable mentions um, Chuck Pearson. For the Indiana Pacers, he's widely known as the Rifleman. Um, He played for those Pacer teams at the beginning of Reggie Miller's career. Um, He was in 86 to uh, 99. Uh, He averaged 14 points per game over, uh, looks like about 15 seasons. Danny Granger, uh, former Most Improved Player of the Year, one-time All-Star. He averaged 17 points per game, 5 rebounds. Um, he was most well-known for the Pacers as well. Reggie Lewis, uh, a great um, Celtics player. His name was Truck, his nickname. He averaged 17.5 points per game over uh, a very short NBA tenure from 87 to 92. Um, however, he came in averaging 4.5 points, and he went from 4.5 points to 18.5 points, and then was around 18.5 to 21 points for the remainder of his career. Um just a highly respected small forward. Lual Dang. He recently retired. Um, he's going to be forgotten. That's why he's on this team. Yeah. <laughs> uh two-time All-Star. Really, really solid. Um two-way player. Also, he went to Duke. Uh huge Africa without borders.
0: Yeah.
1: Um NBA Without Borders Africa guy. I think he's Sudanese. He's from Sudan. So. Awesome. Um uh, this is a long list. Josh Howard, he's from the infamous 03 draft with LeBron, Carmelo, D Wade, Chris Bosch. Um, he had a couple seasons with the Dallas Mavericks where he averaged, he basically averaged 20 points per game three seasons in a row. Uh, One time All Star, super forgotten. Played really, really well for Mav- the Mavs, that 06 team that lost to the Heat. He was the small forward for that Dallas team alongside Dirk. Uh, Two more, Kendall Gill, really a shooting guard, but he played small forward. Has the NBA record for most steals in the game with, I think, 12. Um, uh, He played his best ball for uh, Charlotte. Uh, He played 10, 12, 13, 14, 15. He played 16 seasons. Uh, He's from Chicago. He averaged 13 at points per game, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. Um, Like I said, I mean, just recognizable NBA guy, especially in the Charlotte teams. And then my last guy uh, that was honorable mention is uh, Dan Marley, Thunder Dan. Played his best ball for uh, those Phoenix teams that went to the finals with Charles. And then later, those really, really good Miami teams um, with uh, Tim Hardaway and Alonzo Mourning. Um, Dan Marley was known for being one of the first truly great specialized 3 and D guys so he was a three time all star two time all NBA I mean all the defensive team and I believe he he was an all star coming off the bench which is wild really wild but that, a that, winner
0: yeah that almost never happens no that's
1: freaking. <laughs> but yeah that's my Sean's list small forwards done all that's remaining is point guards
0: mm. um, which I'll do the that's summer yeah we'll do it next time yeah, I, I think too, it'd be fun to do it uh, underrated coaches. That'd that be really hard. so difficult. We said that last time. be really That'd hard be to do. so difficult. But maybe, or underrated assistant water boy coaches. <laughs> yeah. um, All
1: right, so that wraps up uh, the NBA. <laughs> uh, we're at quite a bit of time, but
0: yeah. I say screw it. Let's. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Let, let's go the ahead and MD- jump in. The, the Nuggets game has started, but who cares? Um, yeah, we'll, we'll jump in. We'll keep this real quick. We're going to talk about. Uh, my favorite. That's my bad. I took no, forever kidding. on the, uh, m- my
1: list. I love that section.
0: I like the list. I always learn a lot. I discovered my favorite NBA player of all time through one of your lists. Um, big, big Country. Big Country. Big oh, yeah. My favorite. Reeves. Yes. Not, Very not, not, not related. Train. Maybe. Maybe. No, it's, it's spelled differently. I think. And there goes uh, someone on their little crappy bike Um, alright let's
1: talk Stanley baby
0: alright so we got going on right now we have
1: um, let's just make this our longest spot
0: yeah might as well Um, we have the uh, Golden Knights versus the Stars in the Western Conference and then in the Eastern Conference we have Carolina Hurricanes versus the Florida Panthers big story here is that um, the Florida Panthers were a wild card team coming in Um, much like the Heat both from Florida um, no one expected them to make it this far. So, that's kind of cool. But here they are. In the Everybody game. loves a
1: good underdog story.
0: They are, and they won um, a few nights ago in the longest playoff game. Not the longest, I looked it up, not the longest NHL game. That There's a game longer than this. Um, actually, quite a few. The longest NHL playoff game, four overtimes, ended at <laughs> 2 a.m. That's insane. Uh, and for those of you not familiar, the, the NHL overtime, it's just the... In the playoffs, at least. First to score wins. Mm-hmm. So, keep adding periods until someone scores. Um, and then in the fourth, uh, Matthew Tuchuk scored for the Panthers. Um, and then that was it. But it was a really good game all the way through. Um, before overtime, uh, Kane scored in the first first period. Uh, Florida came back in the second. And then Kane tied it up back at the end, the last frame. Um Florida, I'm just worried about their uh, power play percentage. Mm -hmm. So they've only, they had three chances, they had three power plays, did not score on any of them, and they kind of have had the issue throughout the season. So much like anything, it's similar to like the NBA, if you get 15 chances to shoot a free throw Mm -hmm. and then don't, you miss all 15 and you lose by 15. Or whatever you know. Yep. It's like you gotta make it. It's free points basically. Um, so have, that's interesting.
1: Have um, you seen the graphic wars going on between the Hurricane and the Panthers? I have not. Yeah, they're yeah. both both media teams are are creating these like spectacular graphics. And yeah. Like it's just it went viral over both Instagram and Twitter, and I was I was paying attention to that.
0: You know, I'm, I might be a little biased, but I think the best social media teams are on the hockey teams. Like, I think the best the best social media is, is hockey. Interesting. Hot take. Uh, hot take, but I just Hot think take. The best social media team in the NBA are the Sacramento Kings. So. Oh, they are. I mean, they've they got the beam. they got so much to work with. Like the beam. Uh, and then, less fun is the Dallas Stars versus the Knights. Um, Ooh, I don't
1: like the Knights. I'm hoping for Dallas. Dow- honestly, I'm hoping it's uh, Dallas Panthers.
0: Which, the the, the Knights uh, Stars game also win over time. More high scoring, 4-3, which is also a great, pretty great game. Um, Yeah, so you're hoping for who, for Dallas? Uh,
1: Dallas uh, playing uh, Florida.
0: Yeah, I I really don't don't like the Knights, just because it's like the Knights rival.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I like both Eastern Conference teams, so I prefer either the Hurricanes or the Panthers to win.
0: Yeah, I, I would love for the Panthers to win. I don't think they have not they have not won a Stanley Cup, um, and the Stars have not won since early two thousands.
1: I don't I don't want uh, Las Vegas to win. I know yeah. I can tell you that.
0: Well, so what's really interesting is all of all four teams left either they haven't won a Stanley Cup, which is the Knights and the uh, the Panthers, or it's been forever. The Canes won in early two thousands. Stars won in late nineties. So, either way, someone's going to win their first or their first one in a long time. So, I mm-hmm. um, just wanted to quickly talk about how Toronto's out and uh, the Oilers are out. So, I think it's been 20 years since a team from Canada has won, which is insane. That is wild. Um, That's crazy. It's like Canada sport. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, of course, um, the Lightning are also out. Um, they were out in the first round um, this year. Same thing with the... Uh, Colorado Avalanche the defending champions uh, lost to the Seattle Kraken a wild card team <laughs> um, in seven games so anything that happened in hockey um, we'll see what happens but yeah I'm excited I'm excited to like get more into hockey and really dive yeah.
1: into it and like actually be able to contribute to a conversation uh, well about hockey to
0: this year the NHL draft is here in Nashville that's so right we should go we Hopefully, I mean we're probably not going to pay for tickets, but I'm sure they'll do something on the plaza out there. You know, yeah, we'll go out. Maybe we'll just get to witness some uh, some crazy Canadian. I'm sure the hardcore fans will travel here. Yeah, oh I mean, yeah. I mean, why not? It's Nashville. It's a tourist place anyway. Maybe we'll see some actual real-life Canadians for once. <laughs> uh, I've never seen one before, so I'd love to. Uh, I'd love to talk to one and ask them about maple syrup. Yeah. <laughs> nice maple syrup. No, we're from Vermont. Oh, well, the
1: uh-huh. question same thing, thing. same thing. Um, yeah, and I think uh, talking hockey is uh, is going to be usual. Talk I think that's going to stay as a part of the pod and slowly become more and more part. Maybe who knows? Maybe the pod will become, you know, forty percent NBA, forty percent hockey, twenty percent NFL.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and especially as these seasons come to an end, yeah, I all... start talking about some off season stuff. But we'll talk about off season basketball, off season hockey, off season football. I think that's some of the most exciting times of the season, just to see all the moves in the drafts. So, yep. All right. Well, that that uh, that ends the
1: inaugural podcast for Riding the Bench podcast with with yours truly, uh, Jordan Bible and Sean Ramy. Uh, if you can't hear it, you will soon. That's that's our brand, groundbreaking, all new closing music. Um, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna have closing statements or quotes this time, I promise. Um, so just to end it, uh, quote, My dream is like a child and I'm taking all the custody. Obstacles be slowing me, but that buffer molded me. So I take my time because I'm always where I'm supposed to be. That's from Icy Girl by Saweetie. So
0: yeah, and we you. are, we are where we're supposed to be. Bingo. Bingo.